0: Hello, good morning, good evening, good whatever, and welcome everyone. This is yet another exciting episode of the Army of Smartness podcast. Today on the show, we're covering week three in 1996, and but before we do that, there is a, a thing or two we need to talk about with Mr. Eric Bischoff and the FTR. Apparently, they got beef, but before we get into all that, I would like to introduce my Most uh infamous uh Packer fan co host, uh, Mr. JD. Mr. JD, how you be? Oh, yeah, how about them Packers,
1: there, eh? Uh, no, yeah, uh, since my beloved Atlanta Falcons game spell playoff, um, I am in support uh, of my beloved bride, uh, and her hometown, or home state, anyway. Uh, Green Bay Packers as they take on your Dallas Cowboys, America's team, as we record today. Uh hopefully uh the Cowboys are, g- are gonna play off Cowboy and and uh, and the Cheeseheads will get a, a nice victory and move on to the next round. Uh but yeah no no as I understand it correctly you're telling me about this. You're catching me up on this a little bit. The the FTRA and easy E himself Eric Bischoff uh, there's some heat. There's some beef. There's some hot beef between these between these entities. What, what's going on there, right?
0: Well, obviously, Mr. Eric Bischoff has a uh, podcast named "83 Weeks," in which he weighs in uh, on the the uh, happenings of the day, and often he is a little critical of AEW, as uh, quite yes. a few podcasts are. Uh, for some whatever reason, FTR chose to uh, single him out. Um, because well, they like
1: the other one that's uh critical.
0: Well, yeah, and it's uh basically Eric Bischoff is not a big fan of Tony Khan, um, as in, in terms of how he conducts himself and the fact that Tony mm-hmm. Khan is responding to every stupid little thing on Twitter. Um,
1: mm.
0: yeah, you know, weird, I know, and um, yeah, well. FTR had a had a few things to say about that. Uh, one, this uh, saying that Mr. Eric Bischoff is just uh, showing up with AEW the f- couple of times that he did uh, to just get a paycheck, uh, which is weird because that's what everybody's doing uh, whenever they. Isn't that what you do that, at a place of employment? That is that is what FTR does. That is what everybody there does. We, um, they referred to him as a miserable podcaster, who fell, filed for bankruptcy at the age of sixty two or sixty three for the third time, and suggesting that hey maybe number four is on the way, which I'll be honest with you that's it, it's slightly disappointing that FDR would go to that extent like that that's that's a bit below the belt. Um, hey,
1: it's right out of the uh, it's right out of the CM Punk playbook though about. Colt Cabana sharing, you know, bringing up something no one was talking about, and then and then criticizing and, that person for financial issues.
0: I and, mean, what and, the hell? And as Dax Harwood uh, said himself, and I'll quote him right here: "This is from uh, No DQ, um, and this was on uh, Jeff Snyder's podcast. I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know what the name of it is. Otherwise, I give credit, but Jeff Snyder's podcast." says, I don't think Tony Khan gets the credit he deserves because he afforded a lot of people, a lot of jobs, and a lot of income. I mean, even if you look outside of AEW, you got all these old-time miserable podcasters like Eric Bischoff and some of the others who make a living just by going on their podcasts and burying Tony in AEW when they know that AEW is a place where business is thriving, where AEW is a place that is helping change professional wrestling for the positive, So not only did Tony give us and hunt give us and hundreds of other people living. Excuse me. He's afforded a living to some people who otherwise would be sitting miserable, bankrupt in their house. And uh, Wheeler chimes in and said, I think he's really mad that Tony wouldn't give him a job after the few times he was there to collect the paycheck. Uh, Here comes bankruptcy number four. Um yeah as i said man this is this is beneath ftr i'm i'm a big fan of ftr i think they're one of the best tag yeah, teams in, in professional wrestling and it doesn't really compute that they would be pissed off with eric bischoff or go after him and when eric is really tame compared to jim cornette um right and if you really want to defend Jim, or uh, Tony Khan, you really should Tony go God. after Jim. Uh, but they won't do that because Jim likes them. And I suppose Jim's their buddy because they've come on his podcast. And I know Jim's, uh, most recent podcast just came out. So I don't, I don't know what he's had to say about this. Um, uh, so, but, uh, well, um, as I am a uh, top guy on on ad free shows, I was afforded an opportunity to hippy top see uh, see what Mister Bischoff's response would be to uh, FTR and to Tony Khan and to uh, all of these. And well, let's just say, Mister Bischoff, uh, if it, if it's a competition of wits, uh, Cash Wheeler is not going to win it's it's not against Bischoff um maybe Dax can get along uh but the part that I saw was uh well you know um <laughs> uh, yeah it's true I I appeared on AEW uh Cash but nobody held a gun to my head uh which is getting just a little bit of a dig at Cash Wheeler because obviously Mr. Wheeler has a gun charge pending felony gun charge pending in florida uh for Mm -hmm. a road rage incident in which he waved a gun at somebody Uh, brandishing
1: i believe is the legal term
0: either way um i i i didn't get a chance to to watch all of it just because i've been busy today but it it was uh rather vicious and and i would uh You know, listen to us first and then listen to 83 weeks after us um, as it pertains to this, because it's going to be really interesting. But we can dive into this just a little bit, particularly with these comments here. Um, AEW business is thriving. AEW, (laughs) it's estimated anyways, that they lost $34 million last year. Now. I understand that perhaps in the abstract, um, losing, thriving, whatever, it's all relative terms, but I don't know how you suggest that their business is thriving when they're losing $34 million. Uh, JD, can you perhaps explain that?
1: Uh, Yeah. Okay. So this has to do with imaginary numbers. And right now, AEW is drawing imaginary crowds to their shows. So those imaginary people are paying imaginary ticket prices, thus giving AEW boot, an influx of
0: imaginary
1: cash. Right? Do I have that correct? Is that well,
0: JD? You and I have both been to a RAW, and we've both been to a a, a Dynamite in the there, same building. So there is yeah. no comparison. That it's not—it's not even ten percent close. Like it—it's—it's—it is night and day difference. where there is uh, AEW is coming to Savannah here within the next two weeks, they have sold two thousand tickets. This arena seats nine thousand. They are set up to have, I believe, around four thousand. And they can't even, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's in and, and the same. They can't even sell
1: out half full.
0: Now, yeah. the same building in June with WWE, Monday Night Raw, sold out. Absolutely sold out. They, uh, what are they, they stacked them to the rafters, basically. Mm-hmm. Hanging uh, from the rafters. Hanging from the rafters, that's what it was. Uh, to quote Gorilla Monsoon, roughly. But it. It was a happening. It, it, it's not even close. Now, that being said, maybe there are some, some sort of money behind the scenes that perhaps we're not aware of, but it don't pass the eyeball test. I'll put it to you that way. Eric is merely stating an opinion that appears to be 100% accurate as far as we can tell uh now do I like what AEW is doing yeah sure man the the what they the 80 plus 1000 that they had over at Wembley Stadium give them credit man that that is awesome big big proud of these guys i really want AEW to do well if they do well wrestling does well <laughs> but they i don't think that they're there yet anyways Mm-mm. uh they they are not doing well and so you know, they want to talk about uh, Warner Brothers Discovery doing, you know, singing their praises and all this, that and the other. Warner Brothers Discovery is, is according to the last news report I saw, is actually in the lead to land Raw. Guess what? Mm-hmm. If Warner Brothers Discovery has Raw, they don't need AEW anymore. And if they leave Warner Brothers Discovery, where do they go? I mean, realistically, there is three networks out there that own pretty much everything. Disney's not gonna take AEW. Uh NBC? No. Probably not. No. now with their partnership with uh
1: Peacock and the WWE network.
0: Uh yeah, I don't I don't know where you go. Cause Fox is trying to get Streaming. Out. You have to be
1: streaming only, uh Amazon Prime or Netflix potentially.
0: Uh, AEW's got a problem and they need to fix it. And and oh, by the way, it'd be nice my, if they only had one problem. And oh, by the way, their talent seems to be leaving for WWE. Just saying, guys. And and I, F, again, FTR, best tag team in the business, as far as I'm concerned. They're they're a pleasure to watch, and I think they have a great mind for the business. And I understand that you need to support your company, you need to support your boss, but don't feed, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. No. It's not normally got to pay double for that, and and it's it, it's just it, it's ridiculous, guys. And, and the whole the whole idea that they're just going back and forth on that, and the fact that they only talk about Bischoff, they don't say a thing about Cornette tells me a they're afraid of Cornette, and that they probably have reason to be because Cornette will kill you, uh, on a mic. And and that I
1: don't.
0: gonna kill you. Basically, I mean, that, that's what, and that's what Sean Waltman has said. He's like, you know what? I disagree with Cornette a lot of times. He said, but I'll never say it because I don't, <laughs> I don't want Jim Cornette. I love Sean. Belaying me open on his podcast. <laughs> it's, it, 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 and he's just like, and he's very self aware. Uh, to his credit man's got which, nose limitations which by the way i'm <laughs> hearing i am hearing possibly and this could be another little news story that Pac is actually going to be in the royal rumble this year yeah i've like, heard that i've heard that that'd be great
1: Good but he is
0: uh, for all intents and purposes he seems to be down training at the pc he could be there just helping out people but uh I've, yeah I've, I've been told that he's got one more run left in him so we'll we'll see but yeah i don't i don't I don't agree with FTR at all on this one. Um, and
1: yeah, it's not a great look for them. Uh, you know, let me let me say this, if I may. Uh, and I'm actually going to defend AEW here a little bit. AEW is okay. You ever let me, let me, let me back up, and explain it this way? Abby and I talk about these sometimes. You, you ever see one of these little shops in a, in a strip mall that's open from like? Ten to three or ten to four, you know they they probably sell little, little curios or a lot of times baby store like baby clothes and that kind of thing. Maybe it's a bakery, um, you know that that's we call them hobby jobs, right? Like. This is not intended to make money. This is somebody's wife or girlfriend or baby mama or boyfriend. I don't know. It could be a man that that owns it, but they're not the breadwinner in their home. This is to get them out of the house and give them something to do. That's why their open hours are basically working hours. You know, people aren't really going to show up there that much if if you're not if you're only open while people are at work. So it's it's a it's a, a hobby job. AEW. God bless them, are a hobby. They don't have to make money, at least not for a while uh, from all from all appearances. And so, you know, while maybe they did lose, it's a private company. We don't really know. Maybe they did. But maybe that also doesn't matter. Uh, Now, what does matter is how long Warner Brothers Discovery wants to play this string out. You're 100 percent correct there. Now, if they get kicked off a TV, you know, for, for a bigger product, bigger name on the other line, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happens to them, and I don't want them to go away. I want there to be an alternative to um, WWE because I think competi- You know, Monday Night Wars. Even when WWE was bad, WWF became great as a part of that. Uh, pardon me part part of that competition. Now, I'm going to say something else you weren't expecting. That alternative may, in fact, be becoming TNA. Have you seen where uh was it Mercedes Monet and Bailey were apparently at the most recent uh impact or uh TNA tapings or what whatever event they had here recently? There's there's pictures of them purported to be at that event, um, sitting behind like some of the technical people, maybe the, the foreign language or excuse me, international announce crew. Um you know, that th- that's an interesting uh, uh well, the, the, the
0: There's also a rumor that. Naomi, who is Trinity Fatu, uh, is going to be in the Royal Rumble as well. So um, that could go either way, I suppose.
1: Um, so they showed up just to see her, or maybe she in TNA. How does that relate to this story?
0: Well, uh, talking about going over into TNA, I don't, I don't think the Bailey or well, one. I don't think they can afford Bailey or Mercedes Monet. No, 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 no.
1: They were just uh, in attendance in the crowd. No, yeah. no, not, not that they were going there to work. They were just taking in the
0: show. Or, or they may show up. They're not going to.
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry if that's the way I was leading you. No, no, that's not what I meant. I meant they were just at, they were present at the show, kind of in this, you know, not the place, not the sold seats, but where maybe guests would be. And they were just there to watch.
0: Yeah, they were, they looked like they were in a suite uh, to me. Uh, or
1: something, yeah, something or a mezzanine seats, so, something like that. But they're, you know, wearing hoodies and sunglasses inside. They didn't, they did not want to be noticed. They weren't trying to draw mm-hmm. attention to themselves, but people just happened to see them. So, no, I'm not suggesting they are going to TNA. That's not, if that's where I was, if that's what you're picking up, that's not what I was putting down. Uh, my point is maybe they that they know something we don't that TNA is worth watching all of a sudden. I believe uh, Dolph Ziggler or Nick, uh, um, what's his actual first name? Is it Nick? Nemeth, yeah nick nemeth uh mm-hmm. was that was also at tna as i understand is he on the roster now what's he what's he yes doing?
0: he is okay so he's, great see tna he's i TNA am play.
1: now interested in checking it checking out tna i can name one person on their roster now that nick nemeth is there um but i i think i'm giving serious consideration to to you know watching them which is more than i've done in 15 years almost for for, for tna so um yeah, maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe that they can be well, the alternative. My point in all yeah, this is, name, to say, I'm not anti AEW. Roster. Yeah, you but know. I don't know that they're there. I could Tom. name, I consider name people that aren't in WWE or AEW, but I, I don't know that they're on the, the roster. It's I do it. know the Motor City Machine Guns are there because I saw the new belts with the Tom, whole
0: Tommy Dreamers there.
1: Oh, oh, that makes me sad.
0: He's, he's never mind. I'm not going to watch it. Brian My, Brian Myers is there. A few others. That's, that's about all I know. Did
1: you not save a penny, Tommy?
0: <laughs> well, he's, uh, you know, I think Tom Tommy's doing fine himself because I think he's got his own that's... house of hardcore thing, and of course he does the uh, uh, busted open radio, which is actually a good listen. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. I...
0: But back yeah, took the wind out of my
1: that 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 took all the wind out of my sails. I'm sorry, you talk for a long. That makes me sad.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, we, we, we root for, back to AEW, I mean, we root for AEW and stuff like that, but, dude, for real. But if it's bad, it's bad. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? And. but and it doesn't make any effing sense. We call oh the God. good, you know, it's like Cornette says, I call the good stuff good and I call the bad stuff bad. And I'll say that yeah, AEW. It's not my fault there's a lot more of the bad. And I'll say that AEW's pay-per-views are a hell of a lot better than generally speaking the WWE's premium live events. It's everything in between that's awful. Um, you know their main events are generally pretty good. The lead-ups generally suck, bad, horribly, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. sensationally mm-hmm. bad. And mm-hmm. um, you know it is what it is. And I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of improvement on that. I have not seen it, but I keep hoping and praying um and that and that's that and what's wrong with that i mean it, you know if you have a if you have a promotion that is good at least 40 percent of the time which which i'll say oh, that's awesome that's pretty good and a 400
1: hitter in baseball is amazing so yeah no, four, no, i, all and about I mean, you know
0: but don't sit there and tell me that you're thriving right now whenever your ratings aren't bringing in over a million per show uh, and you're lo- consistently losing your audience over the
1: course of your show.
0: Yeah, and I mean the lead when Big Bang Theory is your lead-in, and that's killing, and that's doing better than your show. you your that show Bang, sucks, by the way. Big, Big Bang Big Bang Theory rocks, but, but Big Bang Theory sucks. is is uh, uh, has not had a new show in what three years, four years, five years? Been no, it's not long while. enough.
1: I wish I hadn't had a yeah. I wish it had been canceled. Which is weird,
0: but I'm, uh, hang on, we're going to back this up a little bit. You of all people don't like Big Bang Theory? Yeah, it's blackface for nerds.
1: It's about people who aren't actually nerds saying, oh, hey, here's something a nerd would say, and then they say it. No, fuck that.
0: I think Galecki's actually a nerd. Is he? I don't know. uh, I know he's on
1: Roseanne. I'm I'm, I'm I, t- I I cannot take credit for that description. I just thought it was hilarious, and uh and I thought at the time that because I've seen maybe 20 minutes of a Big Bang episode because I couldn't find the remote. Um and yeah, I didn't like it at all. But a friend of mine uh from back in the day, he he described it that way, and I was like, wow, I like that. I'm have to use that. So did. Indeed, indeed I did. Um uh, just now. I now Maya Bialik, yes, my legitimate name. nerd. Maya Bialik, an actual nerd. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Takes me a while. Uh, the only one that I know that is not actually a nerd is is the fellow that plays Sheldon. But the other, the other, the biggest Ga- nerd, yeah, right. Galecki, Galecki. I know is um, he's a big Star Wars guy, and um, and they have well, Will. Is and, anymore? Is that, and, that they even ha- and, and they have Will Wheaton come on. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty nerdy. But anyways, back to wrestling. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get why this is even disgust at this point, other than Bischoff wants to get more years on his podcast, which to that end he's getting them this week. Um, and, and I guess well, he maybe, didn't bring it up though. And I, and I guess uh, you know maybe he should he should send FTR a nice uh, gift basket.
1: Does he need the ratings? I thought I thought the show was doing fine.
0: Does uh, he need the the show the, the, the show, the show uh, trades with uh, Coronet as number one
1: okay then you know he does he doesn't need them
0: <laughs> well uh, and i think Clearly. well i think i think maybe this week he's probably gonna uh, he may overtake Cornette. uh just because it's it, what i heard man it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fire anywho um be viral as the kids say it'll it'll be interesting and and to that and to that end guys i i, I think that uh yeah, FTR should be better. Don't don't give these guys even if you do disagree with Bischoff, you just gave him free money. I mean, really. Yeah, don't even, I mean, what, don't, don't acknowledge people can't the control
1: guy. themselves. Yeah, don't people can't them. control themselves. I mean, again, this was exactly our issue with CM Punk. As you it's funny the parallels here because we like both of these as before we like FTR, we like cm punk as performers but this was just nonsense and unnecessary
0: well. anyways so uh on to the task at hand of course we're talking about week three in mm. in rice history in 1996 1990 and 96 what uh i, I have to I have to ask you jd what went on in uh 1990 and 96 in WCW history
1: on the Monday nitro. Let's take a look here. We had an opening bout. Um, let me, let me back it up here. Cause again, as I said, I kind of got the two weeks conflated having watched them back to back. Um, so we've got Savage and Luger versus uh, Hogan versus me Savage versus Luger Hogan versus me. Uh, they're trying to build up towards the clash of champions here. Um, and we get the, you know, kind of bizarrely, I guess, Japanese-esque music for Ming. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but they're trying to build around Nitro to get, build, Hogan, build Nitro around Hogan and Savage, I should say, uh, and which would be the pattern, of course. And as we have already done on the show, if you go back in the archives, the uh, triple-decker cage match, right? The alliance to end Hulkamania, that's like right before Scott Hall comes in. So that's later this year. Uh, so this is sort of a building uh, block towards, I guess, that end, because we have the Horsemen and the Dungeon Doom come out to kind of declare a um, not exactly an alliance, but a, a sort of a non-aggression pact, if if you will. Uh, they come out to declare their respect for one another, and and Arn is very clear to pronounce, "Hey, look, we're not afraid of you, but we do respect you," and so we are willing to work together to lay aside whatever our other differences might be in service of defeating Hogan and Savage. And then in keeping with his loose cannon character that we, that we're talking about, Arn is kind of running the show here talking. Brian Pillman starts running his mouth and Arn slaps the taste out of, out of Brian's mouth. It was great. Like, Holy crap. That was one of those, I'll, I'll apologize in the back afterward. Slap. He slapped the, out of Brian Pillman <laughs> and says basically I'm handling the business here keep your mouth shut um, but it's funny to me all this talk from the Horseman in Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom we're going to see echoes of this later on in the year with the I respect you booker man uh, thing with, with Pillman uh, as part of the loose cannon persona so this storyline I feel like is being really really well built the story kind of within the story not the Hogan and Savage versus the world story that's happening I don't care about that the loose cannon story is actually being sort of not subtly, but but piece by piece, sort of be, being built, and I really am enjoying this kind of, especially knowing how it ends uh, in WCW. I'm enjoying this part of the ride immensely. So uh, yeah, now the ratings apparently for Saturday night, so a two point one. And pro a 1.5, pro being the syndicated show, while main event was preempted. Um, the was where's nitro? Nitro had a 2.5 rating and 3.7 share. Uh, I'll let you explain all that because you know what TV stuff is. But apparently, you know, it's not as good as as raw, but just barely. I mean, um, WCW, or excuse me, WWF apparently got a 2.6 rating opposed to nitro's 2.8. So, yeah, and W- WWF beat WCW on approach because WCW had Flair. Hogan versus Flair. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't really understand what Meltzer's trying to get out here. But uh, Nebraska linebacker Christian Peters gave a speech upon uh, arrival, I guess, at the National Championship trophy. Um, or I don't know if it was the, at their parade or at the actual game and the, when they got their trophy, saying, to quote a great man, Ric Flair, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Woo! So apparently uh Flair getting a little national heat uh off of based off of that. So that's nice. Um there's gonna be some pre-tape matches here that their house shows are gonna be on Saturday night. Uh apparently there's a snowstorm in Columbia, South Carolina, and can't, and WCW canceled a house show, due to that. I don't remember. Man, maybe I guess it didn't make it down as far as us back in '96. Do you remember anything about that? I don't. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No the the storylines basically in WCW right now are the main event storyline of you know Hogan and Savage versus all the heels. Then we have Luger and uh, Sting. Which also I should point out on this, Flair and or excuse me, Flair, Hogan and Savage come out and basically try to slap Sting over the head and say, "Hey, look, Luger is not your friend. He's screwing you over. He's setting you up here." Uh, and you know Sting is like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, because the ever crafty Sting, preparing to get blindsided yet again by Luger or by by anyone he ever does business with. So that's kind of, I guess, the B, the B story. And then the C story is this loose canning gimmick with uh, with Pillman, which is frankly the best of the of the three. Because Hogan vs Savage, we've seen that, or Hogan and Savage together, we've seen that. Uh, Sting getting screwed over by a friend, we've seen that. This loose cannon thing, man, it, it's a lot of fun to watch develop. So that's what's happening on the WCW side. What is happening in the world of billionaire Ted's wrestling war room, Ryan?
0: Well, this week, unlike the previous weeks, we actually had a couple of matches that uh, weren't previously. Obviously, they're they're taped, but they weren't a part of any other show. Um, mm-hmm. So we actually did manage to get a few decent matches on this one uh first one of, of of course in uh on monday night raw was um owen hart taking on marty Jannetty, um you know and and just in looking at you know these two going together you know that you're getting whatever you're going to see is actually going to be pretty decent they they play well mm-hmm. their their styles are very similar um and of course you get to see jim Cornette, um so oh, okay. Owen Hart Owen Hart, of course, gets a victory and 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 still, you know, keep in mind these shows here, Monday Night Raw still forty five minutes. Um, so every match here is basically about five to six minutes long. Uh, we uh historically had Steve Austin's first there WWF tape match. There it is. Trivia question. Who was Did you know the answer
1: to the trivia question? Who was
0: I did not. Who was yeah. uh, the ringmaster's first opponent on There's WWE? It televised opponent. Television. Yeah. Are you
1: asking me to tell the people, or are we?
0: No, uh, you don't know. you got to tell us okay. that you're doing the wrong view?
1: Oh, I know. though, I know for a fact who it is. It was none other than the broken brilliance of Matt Hardy at a ripe, what, 21, 22 years of age? Delete. I mean, delete, delete, delete. Delete. My goodness it is look at matt that hardy. baby face young baby face oh my goodness
0: and uh yeah and uh, the ringmaster of course is uh using uh the million dollar dream uh variation mm-hmm. of that to get the win on mr matt hardy um and then uh matt
1: hardy under the same name
0: his actual Ring- name and yeah and then ringmaster uh I guess, a, and a few shots afterwards, of course, he, as we stated uh, previously, he is the million-dollar champion. Uh, next, there is the Smoking Guns uh, taking on the Spiders. Do you know who the Spiders actually are?
1: Um, I don't. I don't know who that was yeah no
0: you're going to, have to tell me it is none other than mosh and thrasher the really the headbangers look at the that. headbangers then they're a little bit longer than you than you think um well, so the smoking guns yeah. of course get the victory over the spider spider one and spider two Ooh, watch uh, out now and and uh they retain the wwf tag team championship and uh and i and i've stated this before but i think smoking guns should go into the hall of fame um I think you say that
1: every time the smoking guns are on screen.
0: Absolutely, they're hall of fame material. Um, But uh, anyways, they they of course get the uh, win over uh, the spiders. Again, not a very long match. Um, Again, uh, there not many of these are. And then the Undertaker takes on Mister Isaac Yankum, uh, a (laughs) k a Mayor Kane, a k a Corporate Kane, a k a Fake Diesel. AKA just regular unibomb uh, yeah. and uh, was like the Christmas tree, uh, character,
1: the Christmas creature,
0: the Christmas yes. creature. That's it. Christmas critter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crispy critters. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Isaac Yankum of course gets defeated with the tombstone. Taker is wearing his, uh, very intimidating. Um, and, uh, yeah, um not too much to talk about in terms of the in ring action. Outside of that, uh, we had some uh great video package on Shawn Michaels entering into the Royal Rumble. Gee, wonder who's gonna win the Royal Rumble. Um hmm. but he just won it last year. No one's ever won it two years in a row. He can't possibly win it. Nah, he sure can't. <laughs> and uh this is uh there was also a pretty pretty good uh brawl in the hallway with Razor Ramon and Goldust. Again, really pushing this. We, we, we've got the, uh, we've got uh, Royal Rumble coming up this weekend, uh, in 1996. So there's a question as to whether or not Goldust wants Razor Ramon or wants his belt. Uh, so, it's, uh, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, it was, there was that uh, nice, nice brawl there, and it, it, uh, came across two segments and and they, they went to commercial, they they brawled, went to commercial break uh, just, uh, just after Goldust did a low blow on Razor. Somehow or another, when they come back from commercial break, they're cleared out of the hallway and Goldust goes back and retrieves his, I guess, uh, his suit. He had a <laughs> suit that he was carrying with him. Uh, mm-hmm. and then Razor comes back and attacks him again um and then they get out into the uh, snow and all of a sudden the other and then they also uh Vince McMahon makes a point to say that Goldust does not represent the gay community he is androgynous and uh he represents the androgynous community so like um, Annie I'm, Lennox I'm, and Boy George yes I'm I'm assuming that uh I'm assuming that lawyers or perhaps USA told him to do this or yeah. both.
1: Maybe, both. maybe USA's lawyers, but, uh,
0: and of course we'll get some nice, uh, nice little segments with, uh, miss Tammy Lynn sitch.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh,
0: AKA sunny. And how does uh, she
1: like it? Brian?
0: She likes it raw. Yeah. Um, I was just curious. And of course, um, yeah, uh, it's it was a ni- it's a nice show, and again the these these early nineteen ninety six shows they're forty five minutes long, they're easy watches. Uh, mm-hmm. so to this point it's been a pretty easy watch. Uh, when we get a little bit further into it, it won't be. Um yeah. so but we've got uh, the Royal Rumble coming up. Uh, this weekend in nineteen ninety six. So stay tuned for that, and we'll have a review of the nineteen ninety six Royal Rumble. And, uh oh my, I wonder who wins. Oh yeah. my! Oh my! <laughs> but, uh yeah, there's a... Raw, of course, did a, a 1.7. Uh, Action Zone did a 1.5. So, uh, yeah, just... 1996 kind of begins with a bit of a whimper Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as everything is concerned. And, of course, we get the... The uh, billionaire Ted sketch that uh apparently nobody wanted to do except for Vince. And and that's all that matters. So uh
1: mm-hmm. in this era, yes.
0: Well, I think in this one they wanted to call the Huckster the boy toy. Um, uh, to which Huckster yeah. did the can't hear you. Yes. Uh, put the, the put cup in the ear. Put his hand up to his ear. Um Much like a uh, certain Hulk Hogan down in Tampa. Now, let
1: me, for for the record, let's go back here. In 1996, January to be specific, of 1996, uh, Hulk Hogan was 42 years old.
0: Sounds about right. 42.
1: And they're acting like he is just ancient. Uh, You know, for the record, how old is, is Dolph Ziggler right now? As we speak, let's look, shall we?
0: Men, well, forties. I mean, how old is CM Punk? 40, Forty-three. 40, I know, but, but do you
1: Would you consider Dolph Ziggler to be old? I mean, even even Punk's got a few gray hairs now. But I mean, would you consider Dolph Ziggler to be old at all? It's just funny how the concept of aging has sort of changed over the years.
0: Well, I mean, when Slaughter was you commissioners- never made a mistake. Well, Sorry. Slaughter is Commissioner Slaughter at this point. I think he's, what, 46? Something uh, but, like that. Yeah, he's not 50 <laughs> yet. Yeah, but he, he looked. <laughs> but to be fair. People Slaughter, aged harder back then.
1: Eight or, uh, yeah. To be
0: fair, Slaughter looked like he was 50 when he was in his 20s. That's so, true. It's in like the face, Art, certainly. Arn Anderson's been the same age since you know, oh,
1: Arn was born like 47 years old and remained there.
0: But uh, the of note that's uh, been going on this week, uh, Razor Ramon actually did a uh, make a wish uh, show on uh, Jerry Springer, uh, which that video is actually on YouTube. So I highly suggest that anyone uh, get out there and watch it because it'll it'll definitely uh, it'll bring a tear to your eye. It'll it'll get just a little bit windy uh, if you watch it. So, um, and, and uh, which is which is interesting because. This raw happens on uh, January fifteenth, uh, January twentieth, which is just before the Royal Rumble. Uh, Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon, puts in his notice uh, with Vince. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's again, it's 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 interesting to see when he does this relative to everything that's going on because Razor's on top right now, basically. Um, hmm. he's not, he's not tippy top, but yeah. Top of the middle. Yeah, I, I, I would say that if he would have stayed there for another year, he'd have been champ. Um, uh, probably. If I he wanted, that, to be. I just don't think he ever
1: really wanted to be. From what I, I can
0: know. tell. I don't know. I think he would saw that paycheck so yeah, I want it. But, yeah, uh,
1: well, But, well, he, and I'm getting this from the same YouTube, you, you shoot video that I'm actually going to talk about the Jerry Springer thing in just a second. But that was kind of his and Nash's problem with Brett is that Brett didn't demand to be paid more because he was a champion. He'd rather just be the champion. They called him, I believe the $400,000 champion, uh, because that was all that he asked to make. And he didn't make Vince compensate him anymore for carrying the belt. Carrying the belt was its own reward. So interesting, uh, interesting timeframe here.
0: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on in week, uh, week three here in nineteen ninety six. Um I would say that well, before this is, we move on. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say that both of these shows here were, were pretty good. Um I think we're starting to see uh we're starting to see better stuff coming out of WWF right now. Uh mm-hmm. and it is definitely a, a trip in the way back machine for me because I remember watching this as a kid. So um but uh, as you were JD
1: no, 100%. You're, you're right about that. Um, we're If we're not seeing better stuff from WWE yet, or WWF yet, we're seeing the groundwork being laid for it. I mean, obviously, Kane is now in the building, even though he's Isaac Yankem. Stone Cold is in the building as the ringmaster. He, you know, All of these things are starting to come together. Shawn Michaels is really about to uh, become the showstopper. So there, there's a lot of groundswell of, of things, better things to come. But the Scott Hall thing I was going to mention, you mentioned the uh, the Jerry Springer deal. Apparently, um, Scott just in a moment of emotion and I guess humanity gave the kid that you're talking about the Make Wish kid the belt, the actual intercontinental belt, <laughs> and yeah, uh, that he had had you know on the show with him. And he, you know, he said, the cameras were off. I just wanted to give it to him. It wasn't for publicity or anything like that. No one told me to do it. And, in fact, I had to call Vince afterwards. And say, hey, man, uh, just make sure there's another belt at the show <laughs> uh, <laughs> tonight or whatever. So what, what happened, pal? Did you lose it? It's like, oh no, no. I, I gave it to this kid. I said, oh okay, yeah, no, no problem, no problem. We'll, get, we'll have another one there. You, you made the right call. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, they didn't, no one thought to do that. But, right, you know, Scott Hall, out of the kindness in his heart, gave this kid, um, you know, the actual for real belt that that he wore. So, uh, you know, just just a nice little story, a nice touch of humanity and what can be an otherwise uh, insensitive and crazy professional wrestling business.
0: Well, J.D., there is a a, a issue of uh, we promised our listeners a a review of the Iron Claw. Um, Should we add this on this one or should we make it its own? Well, I think, we, I think we, we promised a bonus
1: episode. So hit, hit stop and then hit record again. <laughs> it's a bonus episode, I believe. That's okay. We well, we
0: can do that. All right. Well, um, JD, it won't uh, be long. For this, uh, I will just uh, bid our listening audience to do until we record this in like two minutes. There you go. I do.